Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Good morning. It is January, day 25. We are finishing our first month of reading today. And so after today, uh, we are one-twelfth completed with our Read the Bible this year, or 8.3%. So uh, you've made a, a good deal of progress already. Uh, you've completed the book of Genesis, completed the book of Mark, and are a good way now through Exodus as well as through 23 chapters in the book of Psalms. So uh, we've made really good progress already. And if you just continue to be faithful and committed to the reading each day, um, you will not only be learning more and more of God's Word, you'll be understanding how it all fits together uh, and also developing the discipline in your life of daily Bible reading and Bible study, all for the purpose and the aim of knowing Christ better and loving Him more. Uh, as always, when we read the Word, we want to make sure we're reading, looking for understanding. We want to make sure that we are following in obedience with what we learn, and we always want to make sure that what we learn, uh, the, the spiritual knowledge we take in, that it is refining us, uh, that it's working through our life and our heart, uh, that it's changing and transforming us. We want to remember that Bible study is an act of worship, uh, and as such needs to lead us to a closer relationship with the Lord. So as we finish this first month, take time to reflect on not only what you've learned, uh, but but are you obeying? Are you putting it into practice? Uh, the applications we're talking about uh, each day, are you living those things out as a response to the intake of the words? We take in the Word of God uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. It works through us, and then we work it out. Um, as the Bible says in the New Testament, we work out our salvation. We don't work for it, we work it out. We take what's true, we take what's been given to us by the Lord, by His Word, through the Holy Spirit, and then we work it out, we apply it, we live it out in our normal daily lives. So uh, make sure that, that you're doing that as you learn and you grow, uh, that you're also applying and living. Uh, that is what worship is all about. So today we are looking at Exodus 12 to 14, and then Psalm 23. So five observations from our reading today. Number one, God gave instructions for the Passover, including the lamb, the meal, the preparation, and the blood. There's a, there is something to, to notice here um, that is true throughout all of the Scripture, and that is that God is in control of instructing his people how to approach him. In the Old Testament, the New Testament, today in the church age, it's not up to us to decide how we approach God. We approach God on his terms, not our own. And so that's true here in Exodus. God is telling the people, uh, here's, here's how I want you to dress. Uh, here's how I want you to prepare the meal. Here's what I want you to do in your home. Here's, here's how, what I want you to do uh, with each step of um, approaching me in this way. That's true in the New Testament. That's true in our life today. Uh, we approach God. We worship God on His terms, never the other way around. Secondly, the tenth plague takes place 
uh, and it's the death of the firstborn. Uh, we see that uh, in our reading today, uh, an important part of what's taking place in the story. Number three, the Israelites leave Egypt after 430 years. Uh, it explains that in our reading today, uh, which also takes us back to Genesis 15, verse 13, uh, that we've already read. And in that verse, it said, Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. That's what was said back in Genesis 15. In our reading today, uh, we see where uh, that takes place. Number four, the Lord leads his people with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But what I love about this, this truth in the story here is how it shows us that God is always leading his people. God is never abandoning his people. God is never confused how to lead his people. The Lord provides. Of course, for us today, he has provided for us uh, the scripture. We have an a Old Testament, a New Testament uh, that explains to us who God is, who we are, why the world's the way that it is, what he has done to remedy that, and how we are to respond to that. But the Lord has always led his people. The Lord has always provided for his people. And we see that taking place here in our reading today, that whether it is during the day, during the evening, uh, that God's people were not left without direction. Um, the psalmist says, I will instruct you in the way to go. Um, it says, I will guide you and counsel you. Um, in the Gospels, in the, in the Gospel of John, he says to his disciples um, that, that I, will, I will not leave you. Uh, the Holy Spirit will come and will lead you into all truth. The Scripture says for us today that we have everything we need for life and for godliness. All of that is about the Lord providing for his people direction and instruction. And of course, the, the, the purpose of the pillar um, the, the cloud and the pillar of fire is that they were to, to follow. God would reveal direction and they were to follow. Same thing's true for us today. We read his word, it gives us direction, and we are to follow. Uh, a fifth observation, the Lord leads his people to cross the Red Sea as the Egyptians are swallowed up. Just a reminder, God can do anything he desires to do. God can use any means he desires to to accomplish his purposes. And the size of the battle as we see it is no issue for the Lord. What feels impossible for us, um, what feels overwhelming for us, um, is no problem for the Lord. The Lord has no rivals. It's been said that the Lord has rebels but no rivals. There are people who oppose him. Uh, no one who is equal to him. And so when you read about how the Lord provided for his people in the crossing of the Red Sea, we're just reminded that, that God's will uh, triumphs all, uh, that God's purposes will come to pass, which leads us to five applications today. Number one, we are to continually teach our children about the Lord. Now, th this was very clear in our reading today. Uh, let me just give you a couple of examples that, that we read today in chapter 12 in verse 27 
Uh, let me back up to verse 26. When your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. When your children are asking you, what does this mean? Why do we do this? Make sure you answer them. Uh, when your children say, why do we go to church on Sunday? The answer is not, well, just because it's Sunday, that's what we do. The answer is because we get to go to worship the Lord. We get to go to fellowship with other believers. We get to go and, and hear the word of God taught. Uh, when your children say, how come we have to follow your rules? The answer is not just because I said so. The answer is because the Lord has provided mom and dad in the home to lead and to protect and to teach and train the children. And as Ephesians 6 tells us, it's the children's responsibility to honor and obey their parents. So we want to make sure we're clear with our children when they ask, why do we do this, that we connect it back to the Lord and help them to understand that. We see it again in chapter 13, verse 8. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. We are to continually tell our children the story of God's faithfulness and how he has provided for us and what he has done on our behalf. We see it again in verse 14 of chapter 13. And when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. It's a reminder to our children of what God has done. And it also puts the emphasis on the work of God. Um, as we talked about yesterday, we're not the hero of our own story. God is. And we want to teach our children and our children's children uh, the faithfulness of God to help them to have faith in Him. Second application, we are to obey all the Lord commands us to do. We obey all the Lord commands us to do. Um, two specific verses in our reading that, that help us to see that. Chapter 12, verse 28, says, Then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And then in verse 50, it says, All the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. Now, we, we've seen many times where uh, already God's people are not obedient. Uh, we've seen in Genesis and in Exodus and, and in Mark, for that matter, that, that just because you follow the Lord doesn't mean you always do right. We are a people in great need of grace, and thank the Lord He has provided that for us. But the application for us is clear, and that is that we are to obey all that the Lord has commanded us to do. A third application God's promises can be trusted. God's promises can be trusted. We saw that in chapter 12, verse 41. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt, again, um, bringing to pass what God had promised back in Genesis 15, 13. Then in the uh, scripture, when you read about God's, God making a promise and it being fulfilled, that not only is there to give you historical truth, it's also there to shape and build your own faith. The, the New Testament speaks of these great and precious promises that have been given to us, how the things in the Old Testament have been written for us um, to, to help us to know not just who God is and what He's done, but to trust His character and to trust what He has said in His Word. 
Number four, in the end, all the glory goes to God. In the end, all the glory goes to God. Chapter 14, verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. In the end of all things, God's going to get the glory, because only God is God, only God is worthy of it. Uh, in the end, as the New Testament tells us, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so even those who reject the Lord, even those who rebel against the Lord, even those who dishonor the Lord, in the end, they will know that He is the Lord. Of course, once they die after that, it, it, their declaration of who God is will not be for salvation. Um, it'll be judgment that awaits them. But in the end, everyone will know, everyone will see that He is the Lord. And in the end, the Lord gets glory overall because he is God and then fifthly uh, we are to consider the Lord's ways believe him and worship him chapter 14 verse 31 says Israel saw the great power the Lord used against the Egyptians so the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses that's the response we should have to consider his ways believe him and respond in worship and then our reading of the Psalms today, of course, is probably the most well-known Psalm of them all, maybe the most well-known chapter in all the Bible, Psalm 23, uh, words that are certainly familiar to us. My summary of it was that my life is to be lived for His name's sake, and then I will dwell with Him forever. We live today, every day on this earth, in this life, for His name's sake, and then we get to dwell with him forever. It reminds me of Paul's words in Philippians 1, to live as Christ, to die as gain. In Psalm 23, it says that every day you live today is about his name's sake. And when this life is over, we dwell with him. Um, in Philippians 1, it says the same idea, that to live as Christ. Every day of our life is to be about Christ, and then when this life comes to an end, we get even greater gain. And so just the verbs in Psalm 23 are so reassuring for us. Just look what the Lord does. He makes us lie down. He leads us. He restores us. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He is with us. He comforts us. He prepares a table for us. He anoints our head. His goodness and mercy follows us. All of these verbs, all of these action statements are what the Lord is doing for us. And the result of that, of what God has done for us, is then what we get to do. And that's the end of verse 6. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So God is good to his people and takes care of us. God provides for us and our life will be lived for his name's sake. And then we will dwell with him forever. So um, I'm proud of you for what you've done and finished reading so far. Uh, we now have a few days to look over what we've learned. If there's a certain passage that was confusing, go back and read it. If there was a certain passage that was particularly helpful. You've got a few days to go back and reread that. Uh, maybe there's a verse or two from our reading this month that has been particularly um, encouraging to you. Take the next few days and, and memorize a verse or two and 
commit that to memory, uh, review those verses for the next several days, and then when we get to February, day one, uh, we will jump back in with our reading. Uh, hope it's been a blessing this month and uh, continue in the pursuit of knowing God's Word and obeying what we read.